What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Lift to Lift podcast. It's your host, Dylan Ignacio, and of course, our co-host here. Phil Morse. This is season three, episode four. And we're going to jump right into it because I have a date later. Mm, Must be nice, dude. I'm notoriously late. You can ask my girl. I'm notoriously late. And we're actually going to the shooting range, and I'm afraid that if I'm not on time, she's going to shoot me. <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out MC. We'll leave it at that. Did <laughs> bro, off to a hot start. It did. It's just, just it's it's been one of those days, man. Unbelievable. She's gonna fall. She, I think she's more in love with that. That lizard you guys got now, so you better not be late, dude. Dude, he don't even like me. She's gonna take your place, Mister. Steal your girl out here. What's his name? He literally dropped a deuce on my knee the other day. Bro, come on. His name's Chase. He's a bearded dragon. (laughs) Totally unrelated to today's topic. Anyways, yeah, no season, season three, episode four. Season three, episode four, and today, the reason we're starting it off a little bit differently than normally. Uh, it's just because it is kind of a boring topic, but it is one that needs to be talked about. Yes. Um, one that a conversation that I wish someone would have had with me prior to joining the PD or really just in general. This is really just general advice. And once again, we are not experts. No chance. But I'll probably show you some stories and you'll be like, ah, I don't necessarily want to get into that. So today, this topic all revolves around finances. Mm. And before we get into this topic, yeah, I want to thank everyone that listened to the last episode, Relationships. I got a lot of people reached out to me on Instagram, on TikTok that joined the live. Um, you guys, it, it's a, they told me that I was courageous in telling my story. I think it's in regards to the things that we both dealt with. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, there's a stigma going around that men can't really talk about their feelings or their emotional health. Yeah. Um, so I hope that my story, I hope Dylan's story, you know, empowers men and women to speak, to talk up or not speak up about their mental health. Um, and, you know, if, if, if something's wrong, say something, because yeah. I heard it from a coworker of ours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's checked in a couple times. It's someone where it's DD. Okay. Um, and uh, he, he checks in with me um, every now and then. And he always asks if I'm okay. And I always reply with, yeah, I'm great. And he goes, you're okay until you're not. So um, check in on one another. Be there for one another. Thank you guys for listening to the last episode. It meant a lot. Um, your words of encouragement, stuff like that. I appreciate you guys. But don't be afraid to speak up when something's going wrong. Yeah, if you didn't listen to the last episode, do yourself a favor and listen to the last episode. Yeah, it's we say it with every episode. It's one of our best, but that episode right there was the most fire episode I think we've done. I think when it comes to like vulnerability in your specific situation, right? Especially revolving around that topic, mm-hmm. yeah, ten for ten. For it sure. was. It was. A, it was. It was. It was perfect. It was a great episode. It was. We've been building up to it. We finally got to talk about it now that everything legally and all that stuff's done with. And just, it was, it was a good episode. Yeah. I've listened to it at least four or five times now, just so I can hear myself 
because when we were building up to it, I could kind of hear the tremble in my voice and how I was a little bit unsure if I wanted to talk about it. We were always kind of putting it, every episode kind of hinting at it. Mm -hmm. And then we finally got to talk about it and I was as open, as honest, and just as passionate talking about it mm -hmm. because I knew what I went through was shit and now we're back, we're better than ever. I think it helps too because you've rehearsed the story a few times. Not oh, like yeah. rehearsed it for the podcast, but because yeah. you've been so open about it through the process. By the time it came to a time where you were able to legally record it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you already had a very clear way of telling the story in a way that was easy to listen to. Right. And it was true. Other it people. was the truth, too. Right. Everything well, no. in there is, it was unscripted. There was, it was. It's the truth. Right. I got files, you know? <laughs> so, anyways, appreciate you guys. Let's get into the new episode. Let's episode get into the four, new episode, baby. man. We're going to talk about finances here. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> 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 it's, not, it's not a fun topic. Definitely not one for me. And I understand that uh, spending comes down to, some of it comes down to personality. Mm. So, I, I, there's probably officers out here that uh, do very well with their money. There's officers that don't do too well with their money. Mm -hmm. And that might have nothing to do with the job specifically. But again, going back into this profession, because this season's dedicated to those who serve, mm -hmm. is understanding that any bad habits that you have that could include ex excessive spending will also be one of the things that are, that are um, amplified um, as you start going through the career and, and your stress levels raise, it's just another one of those things where um, before you know it, if you're already a big spender or whatever it is, or you don't have any type of uh, financial well-being, um, it's another thing that can hit you. And that just adds even more stress to your plate. Right. So, and I'm only saying that because I'm one of those guys, mm. right? Um, I kind of grew up in a household where I grew up with my pops, who's more so like that dude does not spend money at all i mean barely even carries a card on him if he doesn't have any like if, if my mom doesn't pack him a lunch or if he doesn't have you know a couple dollars in his wallet right then and there he will not spend mm. he won't it's just his thing and then my mom is is kind of opposite like she just kind of just rolls with it yeah like let's swipe it and figure it out right yeah so you know Two entirely different. And then I fell somewhere in the middle. I'd say probably more towards my mom. So, um, you know, the general parental advice, you know, save your money, you know, you know, kind of like the basics um, of what I got. I definitely dismissed <laughs> for, for pops trying to give me some good advice going in. Um, to the, to the profession, not only just because of the profession itself, but because of being my first job, um, that really supplied an opportunity to have a retirement or anything like that. And it was my first time jumping into what would potentially turn into a very long-term career. So he's trying to set me up right. Um, I'll go into like the, the biggest thing for me which has kind of saved my ass. Um, even though I've made a lot of mistakes, this is one thing to save my ass. So one of the benefits of going into first responder profession, especially depending on where you work, is the pension, mm. right? That's why people stay. That's why when you, you got those guys who have like 
you know, 15 years on or even approaching 20. And maybe they're just like your typical disgruntled officer or whatever. I hate my job, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, well, why do you stay? Well, I'm so invested in my pension that it really financially wouldn't make sense for me to leave. Right. Is that a good enough excuse? I don't know. It's up for you to figure out. But I will say, once you get closer to that retirement age, or when you have so much money vested into that, into that pension program, it does make it difficult to leave. Because essentially, for you guys that don't know, um, and I'm not going to go like deep into it because I know everything's different. But basically, what a pension does is, um, it gets invested into. So basically, once you retire or you hit a certain age, you collect x amount of money for the rest of your life um so basically depending on what your salary is when you retire based off of how many years of service you have you'll get a percentage of that for the rest of your life Mm. which is pretty solid yes right so my pops retired he's not only collecting a salary from his retirement but he's also collecting a salary from his new job yeah so now he's double salaried up. Yeah. You know, which Big is bank. Which is pretty awesome. Um, and that's why a lot of guys stay, because it is one of the really good perks of having the job. So you have the pension. That's something that's pretty much automatic. Yeah. Um, at least for our department. And then you have things that you can opt in on your own. Mm. So for us, uh, we have a couple of different options. What I opted for was the 457. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go and speak to, you know, your HR's department or, or when you get hired, you should, there's a, there's a talk that they have with you about finances, about investing in a 457 or a Roth, um, all these different, excuse me, all these different things. And I believe also if you have, if you're, if you were in a previous career, and now you're jumping into this one. You can roll some of that stuff over. Mm-hmm. Um, so the one thing that saved my ass was my pops was like, look, you're brand new. Um, you're practically living for free because as soon as I got hired after my first year, I was able to get into a rent deal. And basically what a rent deal is for people that don't understand uh, or don't know it is you have there's different levels to it. But essentially, I moved into a neighborhood that requested police to live there. And because of that, they give me a heavily discounted rate to live there, um, which on my end ended up being, quote unquote, free. The way mine was set up is I moved in there and then basically I got a 1099 at the end of the year, which basically was for the amount that I would have paid. And like in total to live in that certain spot. It's it's the total amount that you're taxed on. Mm. Right. So let's just say for the whole year to live there, it costs $13,000. Well, at the end of the year, that counts as $13,000 of untaxed income. Right. And you have to pay taxes on that. Yeah. That's where a good tax guy comes in. Um, my first year moving in there, I was supposed to owe seven grand in taxes, which even in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much for free rent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's like pretty much paying 50% of what, my rent would have been if I would have paid full price while living there. But then I had a tax guy who, who blessed the kid and he found ways to write different things off and chop that all the way down to like 
I think it came out to like $3,800 for the year. Mm. And then every year after that, it was less and less and less. So by year three, I wasn't paying anything to live there. Right. Now, because I was on that program and I wasn't paying rent and I, or at the time I didn't have a place, so I wasn't paying a mortgage. My pops was like, dude, as soon as you get into the police department, opt for uh, one of those plans to invest in, whether the Roth or the 457. I went with the 457. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not keen on the difference between the two. Um, that just seemed to be the best option for me. So I went with the 457, which basically means that I'm investing in a separate retirement account aside from my pension, so that when I retire, there's another pot of gold there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And because I didn't have any rent or anything like that, I was able to invest a decent amount into it. Mm. So you're just getting hired. Maybe you're young, maybe you're older, maybe you have a little bit more intelligence in the in the financial world. Maybe you don't. But if you are somebody who's not necessarily very smart with their money um, or has impulsive tendencies to buy shit, my biggest suggestion is, is get the groundwork out of the way. So if your employer offers things outside of your pension, go ahead and start calculating, get with one of the financial advisors that works for the city or something like that and figure out how much you can realistically contribute to so that you're that all that's coming out your paycheck and essentially you're getting paid and you're not even noticing that that's getting pulled because right. it gets pulled before you get paid. Yeah. And then you kind of get used to that pay. So even though 10% of my income f- until I bought my place, so for the past, I don't know, uh, seven years, or so the first seven years I was contributing 10% to this 457. You kind of forget about it. I looked at it before I bought my place and I had like 55 grand in there. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I totally like, there were times where I just totally forgot I was investing in it, yeah. but that's just a second pot of gold that you can reach into. Yeah. Once you hit a certain age, you can, you can take money out, but there's penalties. Yeah. It depends on which program you go for. Right. But ideally, you don't ever want to touch that money until it's time to pull. Until it's, yeah. Because if you pull out of that, then you're going to get, well, either you could get fined, mm-hmm. um, like a, a pretty hefty fee, or um, basically when you pull out, that means that you're no longer, depending on how much you take out, you're not getting that growth every year. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So, jumping right, in, jumping right into that. Um, if you're already good with your money, you're squared away. This conversation might not be for you, but just if you're new to the profession, unless you're very keen on this kind of stuff, you'll forget those programs exist. And before I know it, you'll have five years on and you have not contributed at all to anything outside of your pension. And I'm just saying like, I highly, highly, highly suggest getting yourself to invest in a secondary retirement. Yeah. I know guys that have a 457. They also have a Roth mm. independently, and they they have figured out their finances by living way below their means to contribute the max to both of those, mm-hmm. which in the moment sounds like you're suffering because you're like, dang, like my paycheck is short. But if you can afford to live off that means, it does mean that once you finally retire and you hit that age, 
you'll have a pot of gold there sitting for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's one. All right. That's a big one. Set your foundation. Setting up a way that um, money is being allocated to different routes prior to being basically being taken out um, out of your paycheck directly so that you don't even notice the difference. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Are, are you set up with any of those? Yeah. Okay. So you have 457 yeah. as well? Okay. Yeah. I don't put as much in just because I have the mortgage here. Right. Um, so if I put a specific percentage, like it, I try to save as much as I can because that, that 3100 <laughs> at the beginning of every month is a dagger to the bank account, but it's something that I need to pay because if you're late on a mortgage, then the company will just fuck you. And I can't have that happen. Because I want to be in this house the rest of my life. Right. You know what I'm saying? I want to have family Beautiful here. House. I want to do my thing. But um, as the P1 through P4 sergeant or whatever that stuff comes down the line, then I'll be able to increase that stuff right now. Yeah, but yeah. I think I'm putting like five or ten bucks in every paycheck. Something okay. simple. Yeah, so it's the same thing with me. So once I decided to move out of that neighborhood and I bought my condo, mm -hmm. I did... Um, I did cut back some of the contributions to my 457 so that I could afford my mortgage payment. Yeah. But the beautiful thing about having a mortgage payment and not a rent payment is that right. your mortgage is an investment. Yeah. So you're basically, you're my mortgage my payment, money. although it's hefty, yeah. yours is hefty, it's overall in the long term contributing to your wealth. Yeah. You're living in your money. That's right. What I mean, and, and if I decide to sell this house down the line, once it, I mean, it's every time that we fix it up or keep it from burning to the ground and I'm bills are paid on time. Every, every single bill, gas, electric, freaking water, trash, uh, the mortgage, um, house insurance, like stuff like that. If all that stuff is up to date and you, and I, and I've been keeping it up to date. If I'm like, Hey, you know, I'll be here 15 years. Uh, it's not the place for me anymore. And I sell it and that fucking house would be over a million dollars, dude. Right. I mean, it's like, we're good. Um, but I'd like to be in this house forever, like till I die. It's a very nice house. Yeah. So blessed. Um, but I've increased my financial smartness, I think, um, because growing up, I think, you know, my family, we were okay. Pops was in law enforcement. Mom was a nurse. Um, and then dad retired 2012 as a chief of a nationally recognized agency um, where the pension was okay. I could be wrong. Um, the pension was all right, but it wasn't enough that he could just retire and sit at home. Yeah. Um, got, a, got a much better job. And I think that was right around, it was actually right around the time when I went to college. So growing up as a police officer, you're going to miss family events, stuff like that, birthdays, games, whatever, recitals, all that stuff. Right. He tried to make it to every single baseball game, Little League, high school. Um, but I think through this college experience, there was a pretty good opportunity that I was probably going to make it to the next level. As committed as I was, as good as I was at that age, um, he wanted to be there for every single game. And the right. new job gave him that opportunity. But also the new job gave him an opportunity for a higher salary. Um, you know, he's able to – he's his own boss. Mm -hmm. um, so he can – create his own schedule. Um, he's there every single day, as far as I know, even throughout the summer when school's, when school's out. He works at a, a very well-known university. Um, and, you know, 
now he's got this other business that he's doing. Mm-hmm. So he's bringing in his pension from his last job, mm-hmm. his salary from his new one right now, mm-hmm. plus this consulting company. Um, I'm not sure how how that works. I think it's more like a business account that they do. I, yeah. I think they get paid maybe a specific percentage from well, it. I talked to your pops. He actually said that um, he's got himself so squared away yeah. with the previous pension and his newer employment yeah that that money just sits in the account yeah like they have they have a, a goal pretty much a small a small fortune oh yeah in that account that they don't they're not planning on touching really anytime soon because no. there's really no need to do so yeah they're not in any type of struggle right, right now um it's him and him, him and his uh his uh, partner who's like my uncle shout out dan yeah um but uh you know ha- having being able to it was the same thing. Like my dad didn't really spend much right. when I was growing up mm-hmm. and my mom was super strict on what we would spend when it was time to spend. Okay. So like dinner's out. Great. Whatever. Right. If it was like the best little league gear, you know, you would get that one bat and you'd have it for like two, three years okay. or the one glove or st- stuff of that nature, stuff that's important. Um, but I, you know, towards my baseball career, that stuff was yeah. And me and Colin's baseball career, because my little brother went pro as well. But they tried to invest as much as they could into our playing career. But they were smart about it. It wasn't just, let's just buy BS and then call it a day. Right. Um, and then through college, obviously, they had to put two kids through school. Um, I was the one that wasn't as smart. So <laughs> my tuition <laughs> was paid in full by their parents. And then I think uh, my little brother, he was he's a little bit more straight-edged. Um, very smart. And I think there was some deal or something like that through the universities uh, that my pops works for in Shenandoah that I don't know if he had to keep a specific GPA, but we were able to save a fortune with him. Okay. So, um, and it all paid, it all played off back, you know, up till now, but I wasn't so financially smart until I got this house. Yeah. I didn't realize how important money was. Um, I just swiping, you know, mom and dad's card growing up. Right, right. That, I want that yeah. done. And now it's like, if I do that, I'm not going to have the money to pay off a mortgage right? or any type of bill. And then I won't have a house. Right. And I won't have a car. Right. And, you know, stuff like that. So um, I've definitely increased my intelligence. Yeah. So let me just give you some key notes on what not to do. All right. <laughs> I probably have more advice on what not to do than what to do. Um, but perfect example. Okay. I'm brand new to the job. I'm making more money, not a lot of money, but making more money than I've ever made. I got into the profession at 21. Yeah. So it's the first career that I had that I'm actually making a decent amount of money. Um, you know, I'm single, don't have any kids. So I don't really have any financial obligations outside of myself. So the mentality that I got caught into, so, you know, I'm just going to wrap mental health into this. I noticed that the more that I wasn't happy with my personal life, the more money I spent. That's just kind of how I am. Other people aren't built that way. That's just the way I was. And again, I do think it's somewhat of a blessing. Like I grew up with two parents who worked extremely hard. So they were able to provide a lot for me as when I was growing up, I didn't grow up without, so I'm not going to sit here and say I did. So my perception of, of money was not like, I guess from a survivalist standpoint, Mm. it was more so of like, well, I've always kind of like had it, like mm-hmm. I've always been all right with it. So I'll figure it out. Right. 
the problem with finances is and going through the I'll figure it out route is that you're you're probably going to get yourself in debt. And I, so let me just wrap this into one sweet package. I got hired. I started contributing to that 457 right away just because Pops was like, get on that. So shout out to him for getting me to do that, because if I wouldn't have done that, um, my spending habits were so bad that. And I was and I was in that mindset, I was living practically for free. Right. And I and I kicked myself in the back of the head. That's what I'm trying to give you guys this advice early on. I lived there in, in the departments practically free. And I remember my pop saying, hey, take whatever you would be paying. For rent in that apartment and put it away somewhere. Yeah. Well, guess who did not do that? So I got. Let's see, I lived there for. Five years. You, I think you finished living there when I was yeah. either getting out of the academy or hitting the street. So roughly five years I lived in this neighborhood. And again, it was one of those programs where, um, you know, it's practically free rent. You just pay taxes at the end of the year. And if you have a good tax person, you know, they can they can work it out for you. So you're paying next to nothing every year to live for free. Right. Which housing is usually one of the busy, bi- biggest expenses anybody typically has mm-hmm. right and i didn't necessarily have that but somehow i managed over the over the 5 years to to not only spend beyond my means but actually collect collect debt mm-hmm. right so when i left the fields and bought a place i still was in debt from spending habits that i had mm-hmm. and i remember having this mentality especially when like my my mental health was declining right was well my and this is super irrational but it got to the point where i was like well i could die tomorrow at work so i'm just gonna buy this new pair of shoes yeah or i could die tomorrow at work so i'm just gonna buy this or i'm just gonna buy that or or i'll figure it out I'll, I'll work more details and then i'll pay off this and i'll pay off that and i had that mindset for so many years yeah that I realized now this is more of a joke because I'd never hit the cusp of bankruptcy. Like that never happened. But I was like, you know, after a couple of years of doing that and compounding a bunch of debt, I was like, I, there's more likely that I would be bankrupt than dead at this point. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's clearly not happening. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at is, is a lot of this comes down to discipline. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want you guys who are listening to this to learn from my mistakes is that what I should have done was when I got that rent deal is saved up a bunch of money because I could have. And then now going into my thirties, I would already be set. And, and, and finances can be one of the biggest stressors somebody has in their life, mm-hmm. whether it's because they're literally struggling to survive, mm-hmm. which a lot of people in the, around the world are, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I kind of took a, a, a blessing and turned it into a curse by not focusing on the importance of my financial well-being. Yeah. So if you're new to the job, first step of advice is get yourself involved in some other um, investment plan for your retirement outside of whatever the pension offers. Or like if you're if you're not in law enforcement and your job offers, you know, uh, uh, offers a different kind of 
retirement, right? Um, then like a 401k, right? I think that's a pretty popular one. Then contribute to some other one outside of that and see if you can max those out for a long term. Um, because I, and I think it's an adversity thing. You're going to make it through harder times than you think you are. So if you're spending all your money because you just think that maybe just in your life, you think the world's collapsing on you. So, you know, you're just going to do this. You're just going to do that and make all these really irresponsible decisions. Just know that like, and, and I'm a perfect example of it is I was spending, 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 trying to, trying to basically get that little dopamine hit off the purchases I was making. And, and then in my lowest points where I really thought that I just wasn't going to be around anymore, whether from the job or, or self-inflicted. Um, once I overcame that, now I'm dealing with the stresses of paying off those debts because I did make it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So getting ahead of that is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and also just, I think gratitude comes into play there a little bit because yeah. if I was more grateful for being blessed with the opportunity to have a free living spot, then I would have appreciated it more to the point where I would have taken care of my financial well-being more likely, but I kind of just swept it under the rug. So that's extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that bleeds into everything. No matter what anybody thinks, you need money to survive out here. Yeah. And especially like going into relationships or maybe some of you guys are even married. Like I've read that the number one factor in things that lead to divorce are financial problems between the couple. Mm-hmm. Financial irresponsibility. Mm-hmm. Or the inability to have to make smart financial decisions together. Mm-hmm. It, it puts a lot of stress. Yeah. Especially you start bringing kids into the mix. So let's just say perfect world scenario kind of did we did we did with last episode's relationships. Perfect world scenario, which I believe I kind of was in that is you just got hired. This is the most money you've ever made before. Your job is already contributing to your pension. So you're able to contribute to a second retirement or maybe even a third. Yeah. And then now you, you've been able to get into one of these rent deals where your rent is practically free. Right. Taking that money that you would spend on rent, right? And then putting that into a savings account that you cannot touch yeah. as like an emergency safety fund. That is what I should have done like from the jump. And, I, and there's, looking back, there's no reason other than my own self-demise that I couldn't have done that. Yeah. It was just totally irresponsible on my part. Yeah. And I'm still dealing with that. I'm still dealing with some of those debts, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Um, so now you've got that set up. And so if you're a new officer, I think that moving into a rent deal is is a really good idea. Yeah. Because you'll notice that as you get older, you don't really want to deal with a lot of that shit. So basically what includes a rent deal is they're basically letting you live there because they want you to be their dedicated officer. Right. Which means that on my days off, I was getting called to handle things. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, luckily I had a good enough relationship with the patrol guys that they would take the brunt into the work. But there's numerous times where something violent would happen 
or maybe I'm hanging out, you know, in my house and I hear a bunch of police cars zooming in through my neighborhood because when I first moved in, it was one of our high call volume neighborhoods. Um, and we did have quite a few violent incidents there. I would have to jump up, put my shit on and head out. And in the first, you know, chunk of my career, that was exciting. Yeah. But once you do that for about five years, by the time I moved out of that neighborhood, I was ready to get out of that neighborhood. Yeah. So if you're able to, you know, and, and your your city provides those kind of outlets um, or, or those kind of opportunities, take advantage of them, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the other thing is, is that a lot of people work under the understanding that Oh, well, if I just spend above my means, then what I'll do is, is I'll just pick up more shifts. Mm -hmm. What you're not adding into that equation is burnout. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you're already financially stressed because you're being irresponsible, you're stressed. Now you're forcing yourself to work more hours, which is just going to add more stress to your plate. Yeah. And now you're trying to keep up with bills and all these kind of things. The way that my pops explained it to me, and, and like I said, I'm not an expert, but I but my pops was like, hey, look, take your salary and treat it as if that's not just expendable money. Right. And then your fund money can be whatever you get from the details. Yeah. And you don't have to work a lot of them. You know, you work one or two decent details, get yourself an extra grand in the bank every every month, and that's your fund money. Right. Right. So I would say that would have been the better approach. And I'm only saying this because if I would have, shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Like if I would have set up my my structure that way, A, I'd be more financially responsible. A, I'd be buying less bullshit because I actually had a budget for myself. And I wouldn't be now, you know, almost a decade into my career trying to clean up the messes and my mistakes of the past eight years. Because that, if you are a spender, and I'm sure some of you guys already know this. You can spend money super fast. Yeah. It's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy to just spend, spend, spend and have no self-accountability or, or any uh, self-control. Right. I mean, for me, it was so bad that, and I don't even know why I did this, but I had, when I finally sat down with myself and I was like, I need to get this shit together. Um, I reached out to one of the city's financial advisors. Um, and, and basically he was like, you know, you need, I ended up having like five or six different bank bank accounts that I wasn't really using. Mm -hmm. I had bills attached to like several different cards. So I didn't even know where money was going or coming in or coming out. Just dumb. I had credit cards that I got like, you know, I'd get an overdraft on or, or, or late payment on because I had a bill attached to it. And I forgot I even had the credit card, just dumb shit. So just solidifying your, like, you know, if you are in that situation, like getting yourself one or two bank accounts or whatever, and just really the importance is, is knowing what's coming in and what's coming out mm-hmm. and understanding what you can spend and what you cannot spend and looking at it from the perspective of longevity. You know, the best thing I can compare it to is like a healthy lifestyle, right? You don't want to make these big, massive, say you're trying to start working out and getting into the fitness plan and all that you, you want to create a lifestyle for yourself that's sustainable for the long term right not necessarily that you're chasing in the short term yeah 
and financial responsibilities and things like that are, are definitely another one of those. Yeah. Um, so getting a keen understanding, if that means reaching out to somebody or getting a personal accountant and just spending that little bit of extra money for them to assess your account and see what you can and cannot spend, you'll be in a way better place. And you'll thank yourself because right now you might be in a moment where you're like, I don't even give a shit, right? Because I know I was there. Work is so stressed or my life is so stressed or I'm this or I'm that. Like, you know, you might really just not care about the future of your finances, but I'm telling you, there's way more likely of a chance that you're going to overcome that really negative mindset. There's so much more likelihood that you're going to overcome that mindset and then you're going to have to deal with those financial issues later than you not pulling through that right you know eventually you're going to find your way through the muck um i think people are a lot more resilient than they think they are so even when they think they're in the worst situation of their life and they're caught in this repeated cycle of bullshit like once you make that conscious decision to get yourself together the faster you do that the less you're going to have to clean up all the mess you've made in your past Another big factor that I didn't really calculate into is when I was drinking a lot, I was going out a lot. Mm. So you talk about making, you know, those spontaneous purchases here and there, you know, your favorite brand drops a pair of shoes, your favorite brand drops a shirt, your favorite, you know, or, you know, or you're a gun person, you like to buy guns, whatever that is. Understanding that if you are somebody who goes out and drinks a lot, I mean, you could easily within a three day span spend close to a grand. Mm. you know just just again swiping that card swiping that card swiping that card yeah. you know what i'm saying and i did it for so long mm-hmm. and especially if you're drunk you definitely make irresponsible decisions oh, financial yeah. decisions i know that for a fact i'm buying you know I, i'm in no place to be buying anybody drinks but i'm like oh yeah i got yours i got yours i got this i got that <laughs> then the next day you know i got three four hundred dollars pulled out of my account and i'm like damn i'm back in the hole you know what i mean that's how i was in pro ball dude i just guilty as charged i mean pro ball sucked i mean i love pro ball excuse me pro ball was the shit it was a lot of fun you felt like you were on top of the world you get that chance to just throw a baseball you know hit a baseball you you travel you're playing with some of the best players in the world and then you get your fucking $400 every two weeks, and you're like, hell yeah, dude. Now, if you weren't like a first-rounder, you're getting paid chump change. If you're a first-rounder, you're getting a signing bonus upwards of like $5 million, and you see those big – this is a funny story. I got to say it because it's on my mind right now. So there's a guy. He's a He's a pitcher for the Texas Rangers. He's one of my good friends. I haven't talked to him in a little bit because he's in season right now. His name's Dane Dunning, and he and I clicked from day one after the draft. He went to University of Florida. He's a right-handed pitcher. His older brother played, uh, won a World Series with the Giants. Um, just a great family, great dude. He was smart, really smart. Baseball smart, money smart. I think he went like the comp B round pick. Or no, maybe he was – so Carter Kiaboom was – the first pick for the Nats in 2016, and then Dane was right after him. So I want to say Dane was maybe a second rounder. Um, I could be wrong. But I remember we were playing in Brooklyn uh, against the Brooklyn Cyclones, which was the Mets affiliate. And we were just talking. We were looking around the field. We're sitting there in the dugout. You know, we're, we're in the heart of Brooklyn, right? You got, you got uh, 
the um I forgot what it's called. Uh they do like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest right back there. You got uh the the amusement park in the background behind the stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. The water's right there. And we're looking around, we're like, holy shit, dude, this is what we're doing right now. It's like, he's my boy. And he didn't even look at anything money wise on how we clicked. Right? He knew I was a 16th round draft pick. He knew I signed for chump change. I knew he signed for a lot of money. He sat there in the dugout one day, right before this game, and he had his phone out. And the paycheck, the signing bonus comes at the beginning of the season. I'm sorry. His signing bonus came at the end of the season and then the beginning of spring training. So he opens up his bank account. <laughs> Bro, I'll never forget it. I almost shit myself. And all I see is six figures green, like green six figures in his checking. It's, it's like 850, something ridiculous like that. And I'm like, Hey bro, you're trying to send, you're trying to slide me like two grand. <laughs> like you try, like, Oh my God. And he like, he was, he was just like super humble, super emotional about it. He's like, dude, that was my parents are paying for my books in school. You know, school was just a, it was, it was tough. Cause you had the jumble off of college baseball, any type of D one sport, college baseball, football, whatever it may be. It, it's it, that's your sport when se- when you're in season like right. you're, you're taking like basket weaving classes just to get by right get your credits and shit <laughs> swear to god um but he he just was so humble about it and it he was like dude i'm saving this shit i'm not spending it he's gonna stay live in florida I, I think he might be moving to north carolina now but he bought a property in florida he's got it he just got married shout out to him and rachel um it's and it just to see it was it was incredible. That's completely off topic. Um, I forgot where where I was going with this, <laughs> but it's when you get money like that in pro ball, yeah, saving it because you see it happen to a lot of pro athletes. Basketball, football, baseball are are the three main ones where you see athletes go broke quick because they have all this money, right? And they oh, I need the house, I need the car, I'm gonna go do this, party and that. So when I was playing, I was getting my $400 every two weeks in the off season. That shit was at the bar. That shit was buying new stuff, new cleats. I didn't have an agent at the time, so I wasn't getting free gear. And even when I did have my agent at the time in my last season, I wasn't really giving her a salary because I didn't have enough to pay her. So you got a guy like Scott Boris, who's the biggest agent in the world. Juan Soto is one of his clients. Um, I believe Manny Machado, all these big names. He's getting a percentage off of whatever contract that they sign. Right. Bryce Harper, prime example. Right. Four hundred million dollar contract. Bryce isn't getting all that four hundred. Like twenty five percent of that's going to Boris, taxes. But he's still getting four hundred because he's got an Under Armour deal. Right. <laughs> he's got you know I would assume he's got some sort of hydration drink deal. Right. He's got everything. He's got foundations, all that stuff. So, you know, I know where this is a law, law enforcement thing, but this can kind of go towards everybody outside of law enforcement is when you get when you get paid, take care of yourself. Be humble about it. Don't spend it because down the line, you're going to invest in a home. You're going to have kids, which is the most expensive shit ever. Yeah. You know, we're not there yet, but as bad as I want to be a dad, I'm like, mm pause you know what i'm saying because that's expensive especially from years one through ten right um but yeah i made that i made that error playing pro ball with yeah. the whole drinking and 
having fun, partying, living out the off season because I wasn't working in the off season. Right. I was just training, hanging out with friends, and going out. Yeah, I felt like I was hot shit. Yeah, and it bit me in the ass. Yeah. Well, I think it's you know it's it's kind of a common trend as you see these guys. You know, I even know guys in the department that are like that. Yeah. Um, that are just super squared away with their with their income. Yeah. Like you see, everybody's got their disgruntledness with the job, whatever it is, you know, you got that, you mm-hmm. know, all the, all the toxic shit running through the bloodlines of, of, of our profession. Um, but there is a good percentage of officers that still are financially literate. And, and I know this is going to sound corny, but being financially sound is actually a form of self-love. Yeah. It's the way you observe money, right? It's your money. You're getting paid that money for a service that that you provide. So there shouldn't be this big rush to just dump that money into somebody else's pockets Mm -hmm. through buying random shit or going other places or something like that. Like a form of self-love in the way that it was taught to me in this class I took was that being financially sound is, is right up there with the circle of you know, taking care of your body and, and all these other parameters. Right. So it is a form of self-love. Like if you don't have a lot of self-love, then you may spend a lot more money than you have because you're trying to compensate for that self-love through, you know, being a consumer and it doesn't work. Right. It doesn't. I don't know where that money went over those years. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even tell you. There's not like one thing that I bought that I'm like, Man, I'm really glad I made that decision. Right. I just bought shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like stress eating. Yeah. Stress buying. Yes. <laughs> 100%. It's another form. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, you know, and there's so many different parameters that could lead up to you just being financially illiterate um, or, or anything like that. But just taking that extra step, you know, you know, that's why I wanted to do this episode. I know it's not going to be an exciting episode. That's why I was trying to throw some jokes <laughs> in the beginning of it because I knew it was going to be kind of dry. Yeah. But getting ahead of that shit ahead of time, man. Yeah. Getting ahead of that. Because look, I'll be real right now. Like, there are certain things that I cannot do that I should be able to do Mm -hmm. because of my financial position. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I want to get married, I got to wait. Yeah. I got money for that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm just saying. Trust me, I know. <laughs> I mean, I should. You know what I mean? Like, at this point in my life, I should. You know what I mean? Them rings aren't aren't cheep. I'll be real with you. No, no, I, I know. None Don't of buy that. Neil Lane. You're going to go broke. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> it's just having a better sense. Like, if you can, if, if, if I can drop some knowledge on the guys and girls who are getting into this profession early on, the biggest takeaway I want to get from this is, is that if you are already financially illiterate or you're financially irresponsible prior to going into this profession, or you are a stress spender or whatever have you, that's going to amplify in this profession. It's the same thing with you were saying easier stress eating. If you have a bad dietary habit, then when you get really stressed out, you eat like shit or whatever it is, that's going to exacerbate right. because this job is already extremely stressful. Yeah. You're going to jump into a, a realm of stress that you've never had to experience before. And depending on what your habits are, those are going to tenfold. Mm-hmm. And that's everything, right? We're talking about finances today, but that's everything that you do. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? If you're a gambler, you're going to gamble a lot more than you used to. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. I mean, another one, video, if you're a video gamer, you're going to game harder than you, than yeah. you probably have before. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Like if you're, if you're, you know, if, if, you you could go into ten thousand different categories of, yeah. of bad habits that you may have. Yeah. Um, for example, like chewing tobacco. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, <laughs> I got one in right now. Been there. You know what I mean? I, you know. So, um, and I definitely notice on days that I work, I I chew tobacco way more than on days that I don't work. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's another thing I'm 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 chipping off the block and working on. Yeah. You know what I mean? One by one. But finances is such a big one, because eventually you're gonna get to a point you know, where you want to have kids or you want to do this or you want to do that. And now you have a whole nother spectrum of people who are dependent on you. Yeah. It's easy to make a lot of financial mistakes when nobody's dependent on you. Yeah. But just don't think that with age comes financial literacy. Right. Because it doesn't. Until I took a step and I was like, I need to get this together. And that was more recent than I'd like to admit. Like, if I would have never made that conscious decision, I would just continue to be the way I was. And then I'd be, you know, what, 30, 25, 30 years in this profession and broke. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and so another thing, right? So, you know, surrounding yourself with guys who are keen on their finances, right? You are who you surround yourself with. So, you know, if you're hanging out with a bunch of show-offs that just like to show off, um, or maybe you're hanging out with buddies who have a lot more money than you because they work different jobs or, you know, they were blessed from their family, whatever it is, and you're not in that situation and they're constantly burning money, burning money, burning money, and you're trying to keep up, you're just going to, you're just going to keep yourself broke. Yeah. And I think with guys, maybe women too, but like, I know guys specifically, like, we'll do it because we think that having this brand new car or having this brand new whatever is going to get us more attention from women. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, like, I know guys who, who drive hoopties who do just fine in the women yeah. category. You know what I mean? I know guys who are humble with their money. They don't spend a lot of money, and they do just fine. Shout out Honda Civic. So, <laughs> so, so a lot of it comes down to excessive spending is also uh, – rooted in an insecurity yeah. outside outside of just general financial illiteracy yeah so and also if you want if if you're going to get into law enforcement you guys got to understand that you're not going to be rich yeah i think that's another thing yeah. is i did get caught up at one point of being jealous because i do have buddies of mine who make really good money doing things that in my opinion just aren't anywhere it's maybe a different kind of stress but like i'm like damn i'm literally out here like swimming and shit yeah and I'm making, I'm making nothing compared to you. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, so, and I, and I got, but what are you going to do? You're just going to be jealous until you're bankrupt. Right. I mean, you got to figure it out. This is the profession you chose. Mm -hmm. Right. And can you eventually be very financially well off in this profession? Yeah. There's yeah. guys, especially if you climb up the, especially if you climb up the ladder, right? Like oh, yeah. a lot of guys who love doing street work, they never want to go through the promotion process. But eventually, you know, you got to think about it this way, not just for the money, because I don't believe that you should promote just for the money. But eventually you should think if you're a solid street cop and you got X amount of time on, eventually there's a responsibility there to be a leader. Yeah. So that you can also now have a leadership position over a bunch of new patrol officers 
or, or you know, guys who have been in for a while, and you can create yeah. that environment that you created for yourself as a patrol officer. Right. You know what I mean? I'll tell you, I've never really thought about ever wanting to get promoted, like ever, until recently. Right. Because I just had this thought, like to myself, I was like, damn, like, you know, you're advocating mental health, you're advocating all these different things, and, and you know, you're finally in a good, good place, you know, relatively, uh, mentally. Like, why wouldn't you want to be in a position where you could actually influence others sure. to do the same um, from a state of command? Now, also, uh, if we are doing the financial route, you are going to make more, a lot more money in this profession if you promote yeah. than if you don't. You know, so for us, like, you know, unless it changes, you do your full 25 here, you're still going to be at under 100 grand yeah. or maybe just over 100 grand by the time you retire. And then you, you get, depending on how many years you do, you get a percentage of that, right? Well, if you promote, now you're looking at over that. Yeah. So you got captains and, and stuff like that that are making somewhere in like the $120,000, $130,000 range. Yeah. So when they retire, they're looking, at, they're looking at six figures for the rest of their life. Yeah, every year. And an income. Yeah. And this is extremely, like, this is not an abnormal process. I think another thing, like you said, going into this job, you're not going to be rich. Understanding that it's super, super typical um, or very, you know, I don't know if that's the right word to use, but depending on what time, what age you got into this profession, like if you were lucky enough to get in here, like in your early 20s, by the time you retire, you're just starting your second life. Yeah. You know what I mean? So realistically, because I got in at 21, what I can retire at what? 46 yeah or something like that like if i do the 25 um you know or even if i decide to do the 50 or do the 50 even if i retire to do decide to do the 30 50 years man. you know what i'm saying um Imagine that. you know if i do the 30 yeah then even if i decide to do the 30 i'm still what 51 yeah so you know that's still you still have an opportunity to to jump into a, a whole separate career yeah. and that's what my pops did you know what i mean or you've set yourself up financially to a point where now you've retired, now you're collecting this, and maybe you, you have some entrepreneurial things you've wanted to do or stuff right. like that. Um, and, and now you can do those things yeah. because you have a good salary to back up. On. You, have a, you have a good amount in your savings. You have a good amount in your retirement. You've kind of set yourself up in that. And now you can take all that expertise and consult or do other kinds of things. Right. And, and make money that way. Um, but the the idea to just retire and then do nothing, really, for the rest of your life, like, I, I just don't, I don't see that being, like, a, a realistic option for a lot of guys who get in this profession young. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to stir up anxiety by thinking that, oh, my God, I'm going to work for the rest of my life. But just know that if you're in this job, whether you know it or not, you're a go-getter. And I guarantee you that if you retire at, you know, especially in your forties, that you might enjoy that little bit of retirement for like a, a year or so. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be like, I got to find something to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it shouldn't be, I'm retiring and now I got to find something else to do because I'm so financially screwed that I got to start all over. Right. So getting ahead of those ahead of time, I can't stress that enough. Yeah. If you're spending a lot of money, a lot more money than, than you have, um, you know, I understand like, you know, 
one-time big purchases or things like that. But like I said, your self-love aligns with your finance, with your financial well-being. Like it, it, they literally go hand in hand with each other. Yeah. So maybe deep dive into that. You might be listening to this podcast like I don't even give a shit. You know, blah 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 blah. And trust me, I've been there. I've been there. Uh, it might be time to start hashing out some of those other things mm-hmm. or creating habits for yourself that aren't very expensive. Right. Like going to the gym. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like making sure that that because boredom spending is a big thing too. Yeah. You know, you're just bored. You're scrolling through Instagram. Your days off consist of nothing but just on social media or whatever, you don't really have any hobbies outside of work, um, you know, or whatever, or you're going out drinking with the boys, you know, Thursday through Sunday, you know, if your schedule allows it, yeah, you know, creating more healthy habits can actually save you money in the long term. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you know, cooking at home instead of eating out every meal, you know, or, and, and learning to love that process. Yeah. Um, getting yourself in the gym and, and taking a couple hours out of the day to get yourself right uh, so that you're 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 thinking more mentally sound um, or again like your buddy had really good discipline yeah because some people would have looked at that those six figures dumping into their account and they can be like I could spend whatever I'm yeah. good could have easily bought a Lambo yeah right I mean <laughs> he could like t- the next day he could have yeah. done it yeah. but in his mind he had a different thought process he yeah. was like I want to hold on to this I want to cherish this money right it's what he worked for. And that's what I'm saying. So he had enough self-love to make that, a, a, right. to identify that although I have all this money, I want to hold on to it because right. I worked so hard for this. Yeah. And I watched my family struggle to, to support me in doing this. So I'd be doing them a disservice by spending all this money. Exactly. So, you know, it's, it's just having that healthy mindset. Um, you know, and again, I know this isn't necessarily a fun topic, but damn, I see so many officers to include myself getting into that realm where, well, there's always extra shifts. You know, staffing's short right now. So, yeah, you could definitely pick up a bunch of extra shifts. But you're going to burn yourself out. Yeah. You're going to burn yourself out. I remember one time I worked. I want to say I worked almost every day. It was one month. I remember, I don't remember which year, but it was in April. And I remember that I worked almost every day that month of different details and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, after that month, I don't think I worked a detail for like another six months. Yeah. Cause I burned myself out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just becomes like this, this endless cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody's brain is different. Everybody grows up a little bit differently. Right. The reason why my father is the way he is and how frugal he is has a, has a lot to do with his upbringing the way my mom is has a lot to do with her upbringing. It kind of depends on the way you look at money. If you've always had to struggle to survive and things like that, then you may be a lot more frugal with your money because you have this this hidden fear that you're you know you're going to go broke again, which can help you, um, like you know, save money excessively. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you grew up you know in a household where your parents worked really hard um, and they were well well off and they were able to kind of like help you out and you never really struggled financially. Right. Well, you might notice that linger into your personal life because now you don't view money as like a necessity. Right. You kind of, you, you have it as like, well, I always have it. I'll always be good. Or I can always fall back on this. Yeah. And you know, you're doing yourself a disservice and I did myself a disservice for a very long time. Um, so if I can, so if anybody can listen to this and, and at least get the one up on it um, and just get ahead of that. Yeah. You know, I, that's that's all my intentions are for this podcast, yeah. especially, you know, 
around podcasts um, uh, or around finances. It's just finance is so important. So important. It's it's the it's the lifeline of your livelihood. Yeah. You know, among anything else, I mean it's it's, and then again, like going into the stressors, like you're already stressed. Now you've let, and I, I'm a perfect example of this is like, you know, I got myself stressed out. I got myself at a low point yeah. in my, in my career, in my personal life. And even now that I'm in a way better spot than I was, I'm still dealing with some of the shit financially that, that I was reckless about prior, right? which should not, which I should not have to be doing. Right. If I would have had a little bit more self-discipline, mm-hmm. not saying you got to live off, you know, rice and crackers. Or whatever it is, you can still get yourself a well, a, a, you know, healthy diet or all these kind of things, and eat well and, and be able to go out with your friends and have a good time. But it shouldn't be this. Oh, I'm just going to burn this credit card. I'm going to burn this credit card. I'm going to burn this credit card. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to wrap. I think this is a good point to wrap yeah. this up. Otherwise, I'm just going to ramble. But you're a new officer. You got your pension. Okay, that's happening. Get yourself set up with a second retirement or even maybe a third. I know guys who have several. Um, and then if you really don't know anything about finances, a lot of people's HR departments do have uh, some financial advisor that they either work with or is employed by the city. Mm-hmm. Reach out to them and set yourself up with them so you can get some better advice on how to handle your finances so that you can live comfortably and live the life that you deserve. With an understanding in this profession, you do not get into this profession to be rich, but you can definitely, if you if you play your cards correctly, you can definitely live comfortably throughout your career, and you can also live very comfortably once you retire, but you've got to set all that up. It's not just going to happen for you. So. Leave it at that. Yeah. Open up that uh, officer bound. So we didn't do it last episode because um, we were – really deep into that conversation and I've been doing a a series at the end of each episode where, because this is a law enforcement, especially this season, it's law enforcement based, but I say it every time. There's way too many lives lost in law enforcement. New officers getting killed, guys of 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, there's officers killed every single day. Um, and the media doesn't do a good job of, um, I wouldn't say shouting them out, but presenting the facts, um, or talking about the officers that have lost their lives and what they did in their career. So we want to be that platform to honor the officers that have lost their lives, their families and their departments. Um, so I'm going to, I have the officer down Memorial page pulled up, um, and there's been a couple. Uh, I'm just going to count up till the present day. So one, two, three, six, seven, eight, nine. Fourteen officers have died since July 21st. So on July 24th, end of watch, Deputy Sheriff Matthew Eugene Yates of the Clark County Sheriff's Office in Ohio was killed by gunfire. End of watch, Thursday, July 28th, Sergeant Jean-Harold Luis Astree, Fairburn Police Department in Georgia. Cause of death was automobile crash. 
end of watch Friday, July 29th. Clare County Sheriff's Department in Michigan Mounted Deputy Nicole Schuff. Uh, cause of death was animal related. End of watch Friday, July 29th. Smith County Sheriff's Office in Texas Deputy Sheriff Lorenzo Bustos. Cause of death was vehicular assault. End of watch July 31st. Spalding County Sheriff's Office in Georgia Deputy Sheriff Jamie Lynn Reynolds, cause of death, automobile crash. Elward Police Department in Indiana, end of watch, July 31st. Police officer Noah Jacob Shanavaz, cause of death was gunfire. End of watch, Tuesday, August 2nd. Wayne County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina, Sergeant Matthew Ryan Fishman, cause of death, gunfire. End of watch, Thursday, August 4th. This is close to home. District of Columbia Police Library Office of Public Safety, D.C. Police Officer, Special Police Officer, Marisa, Marisa Mannion. Cause of death was inadvertent gunfire, accidental. End of watch, Sunday, August 7th. El, pa El Paso County Sheriff's Office in Colorado. Deputy Sheriff Andrew Peary. Cause of death, gunfire. End of watch, August 10th. Washington County Sheriff's Office in Pennsylvania, Corporal Chad M. Beattie, cause of death, was a medical emergency. End of watch, Thursday, August 11th. Wayne County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina, Deputy Sheriff Ned P. Bird, cause of death, gunfire. This one I saw on social media. I do follow an account. Um, it's bjj.cops um, this was a close friend of his so um, that was tough to see on Instagram um, end of watch Wednesday August 17th Miami-Dade Police Department in Florida police officer Cesar Echi Echeverry cause of death gunfire end of watch fr Friday August 19th Osage County Sheriff's Office in Oklahoma Captain William Hargraves, cause of death, automobile crash. And then August 20th, which was yesterday, um, Florida Deputy, Florida Department of Law Enforcement in Florida, Special Agent Jose Perez, cause of death, automobile crash. Um, the most recent canine, I don't think there is any. There's been one, two, three. Four canines killed in the line of duty since July 24th. End of watch, Tuesday, July 26th, Massachusetts State Police in Massachusetts. Canine Frankie, cause of death was gunfire. End of watch, Wednesday, August 3rd, Lake Wales Police Department in Florida. Canine Max, cause of death, gunfire. Niceville Police Department in Florida. End of watch, Sunday, August 7th, Canine Blue, cause of death, automobile crash. <clears throat> Kern County Sheriff's Office in California, end of watch, Thursday, August 18th, K-9 Haynes, cause of death was heat stroke. Um, rest in peace to all the officers, canines that lost their lives in line of duty, the ones, especially the ones that I've read off. Um, you know, it's tough, man. Seeing those names, I get, I have the app on my phone, and it's almost like an alert every single day. It's it's unreal. Um, it It's got to stop. It has to. Seeing a lot recently for gunfire. Yeah. 
especially more. Um, it seems like in this last one you did, the majority of them were gunfire. Yeah, more gunfire. On Watch there. a six. If you're going to go do paper, do paper in a safe place. You know, meet up with a partner or something like that. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing a lot of like ambush style <laughs> stuff. Just be on your P's and Q's. Um, it's dangerous out there. It really is. So, yeah. Watch your six. Have your partner six. No matter what, man. <laughs> if you like them or not. I mean, they got to go home to their family too. They have to. Uh, and the canines as well. Um, they're more... They're, they're a tool, but they're also family. They go home with their handlers. Um, so to the officers who've lost their dogs, I mean, I, it's a tough, tough field, man. It's like losing a kid. It's Exactly. You know? Man's best friend is a dog, man. I'm telling you. Especially when they know that when the lights and sirens are turned on, they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. They don't. They, I don't think they can comprehend the danger that's all going game to into. them. It's it's all it's what they train for since they were the size of this prime bottle. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't they don't they, have they, the ability they, to. They don't have the ability to 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 be selfish. Yeah, in their intent. And for people that aren't in law enforcement, if you see, I, I saw it happen recently. Um, an agency in my area, dude was out to eat. Two motors, guys. Out to eat, hanging out. Um, the very simple gesture of walking up to them and shaking their hand and saying thank you. I mean, that, that goes a long way. When I go on TikTok Live, like we're live right now. If people ask what I do. I'm very open with my career field. I'm very open with it. I understand that, you know, social media, blah, 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 that I'm going to get targeted, whatever. I haven't had that yet. But when it does, I, you know, great. But a lot of the, it's a lot of positive comments with the thank you for your service, all that. That stuff means a lot. You know, I don't, I don't do this for money. I don't do this to wear the gear. I don't do this to fucking drive a cool car, you know, Go fast, lights and siren, do the you know all that stuff. I do it because I want to be the change, and I don't want to create bad change. It's you see it way too often. Um, it's not that you know we're out searching for thank yous. I don't think that's yeah, no, yeah, that's not what we're trying to get at. But you'd be surprised I, how far it could go for it, somebody. It's just it's a very thankless job. Yeah, and a lot of us have gotten used to it being a thankless job. So we find our own ways. Right. Um, so just to let you know, especially with everything that's been going on over the past several years, I don't expect thank yous mm-hmm. at all from anybody. Right. Um, if anything, a, a picture has been painted that like a majority of people just hate us. So all, I'm, all, all the request is, is that you could make an officer's day. You, you could change your life. You, you could turn it around. You could literally just turn it around by, by the simple thank you um, in that gesture. Yeah. Uh, and or things be like safe that. or something. Just I mean. even, even just a high. I mean, yeah. for real. Um, because it's not just them that have to do this every day. It's their families as well. We've talked about it in podcasts every single episode. Right. It's the stress that it puts on the families to, you know, when they wake up and leave, that could be it. Yeah. 
And for the officers that I just read off, that's exactly what happened. Right. Dogs included. Right. It's exactly what happened. And it can it can be gunfire. It could be he could be sitting at a traffic light and a car crashes into him. Or one of them even was uh, animal related. She was a mounted uh, deputy horse. I think the horse fell over and it crushed her. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be like that in a heartbeat. Yeah. So any of your service members, anything like that? Military included. Yeah. All that. Yeah. Like even paramedics, paramedics, yep, 100%. Those guys, especially paramedics, like they actively save more lives than we do Mm -hmm. based off of call for services that they go to um, because that's literally what they're dispatched to. Right. So um, any type of, if if you're up for it, if you're up for that challenge, um, we're up for breaking that maybe a little bit of awkward tension, just giving the thank you or the, hey, what's up, bro, or, you know, whatever it is. It's, it goes further than you could ever imagine. It really does. Um, even if you don't get that reaction of like, woo, thank you for saying thank you, yeah. um, it's internalized. And it's just like that, that little piece of positivity that, yeah. that may be helping that officer get through the rest of their day. It's the same thing that you would do for really anybody. Yeah. You know, just a small, kind gesture. All those viral Instagram and and TikTok videos of people doing nice things for the homeless or doing nice things for this and doing nice things for that. Like being able to really embrace that, uh, you know, paying it forward mentality yeah. Yeah. can do a lot for somebody, yeah. um, it's especially people in our line of work um, and those various lines of work because you have no idea what we may have just experienced yeah. or what we are experiencing. Or, you know, like I said, we, we preach suicide prevention, like how many officers might have that, that bell ringing in their ears, mm-hmm. unfortunately, way more yeah. um, uh, than should be. So just that small gesture really goes a long way. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, with that being said, I want to thank all you guys, um, all of our committed listeners and things like that. Uh, we really appreciate you guys for everything and for everybody who's out there, you know, trying to make the world a better place. Stay safe. Amen. Um, have your partners back. Do what you need to do to get yourself together. Get those finances together because you deserve it. Get your health together because you deserve it. Um, And if you're going to swim in this bowl, Mm -hmm. you know, in this profession, and it is right now, then it behooves you to just make the best of it. And we're going to try to be a platform to uh, at least assist you in doing that. Absolutely. All right. That's That's it. That's episode four. That's it. See you in two weeks. All right, guys. Peace.